0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on another public event conducted online. Um, on behalf of Hezbollah Tahrir Australia, we warmly welcome you to tonight's event, uh, which is hosted by myself, Sofian Badr. And of course, um, um, we've got with us Sheikh Rian Wilamirja, who is going to be enlightening us on this topic. Um, which I will introduce uh, very shortly. So brothers and sisters, we know that uh, there's a lot of hot topics in the air these days that are being discussed within the local scene. Um, We want to try and tackle one of those hot topics, but from a unique angle. Um, We know we live in an age of information where information is literally available at our fingertips. Um, where our phones are considered in some ways an extension of our arms um, and we are constantly in touch with news, local, uh, international news, and that kind of information, as I said, is available at our fingertips. But ironically, it also means that misinformation is equally accessible. Um, When we are finding ourselves in this situation of uh, equal access to information and misinformation, how do we try, on the basis of some uh, principles that we can learn from our dean, to navigate um, and try and find um, light amongst that darkness, amongst the confusion. Um, And I think, of course, the pretext for this discussion, which we will be um, leveraging off for tonight's event, is some of the conversations around the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, the vaccinations that have been prepared, researched, developed, administered, um, and of course some of the narratives surrounding those issues. So an interesting event tonight. We hope you benefit and uh, enjoy it. Um, uh, my guest for tonight, our guest for tonight is uh, Sheikh Riyan. Sheikh Rian. Assalamu alaikum.
1: Wa Alaikum wa rahmatullah. Uh, JazakAllah khairan for having me here. Um, it's, it's good um, to be um, speaking to you after a very long time. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, it has. It's been a very long time. Um, I think partly down to the lockdown, where we don't get a chance to see each other as much. Sorry. But yeah, absolutely lovely to see you and to have this conversation. Um, look, let's let's get right into it. Um, I basically, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the, for, the the format for tonight is basically that I want to give a, a platform, an un, uninterrupted platform to to our guest, Sheikh Rian, um, and just affording that opportunity to, to speak to us about this topic of um, uh, navigating in an age of misinformation, uh, and then inshallah afterwards we can have a to and fro Where I can ask some questions And I'm very happy to take your questions as well If they come through in the comments inshallah So Shakhrian if you can take it away And then we'll have a conversation thereafter
1: Jazakallah khairan Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wasallam. All praise due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And may his peace and blessings be upon our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. <coughs> um First of all, jazakallah khayran for your introduction. Um, yes, this this topic of um, this topic of information and the fact that we live in an age of information abundance is especially important um, today because we are bombarded constantly with information, messages, through a range of different mediums, such as WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, and all these other different social media um, platforms. And on a daily basis, uh, we're usually getting, um, you know, tens, some of us hundreds, some of us thousands of messages. And especially during this lockdown, these messages have been related to uh, COVID-19, does it exist, the uh, efficacy of vaccinations, and information of this sort. And uh, an important thing to highlight with regards to this is that the information and the messages that are forwarded have real-world consequences, right, and will impact this, the decision-making of people on very important issues, such as um, you know issues relating to their health, whether to get vaccinated or not, uh, whether to comply with social distancing um, uh, practices, right? And um, all the way back in 2012, uh, there was a book that was written called The Web of Deceit, Misinformation and Manipulation in in the Age of Social Media, and uh, Anne Mitz, um, she cautioned us, basically, and she stated that, um, you know, this... Uh, enormous wave of information can have enormous consequences right some involving life and death so um it's it's critical in this in in this context for us to be able to know how to sift through this uh this age of information of uh, abundance um where you know we we are getting these messages constantly where we are being bombarded uh by these uh, different pieces of information now the the skill or the um, the the tool that is required in order to be able to sift th- uh, through this information is what educators refer to as uh, information literacy so we 've got different types of literacy right you 're an english teacher sofiane um, you 've got um, you know literacy as it relates to reading and writing you 've got media literacy you 've got information literacy. And one of the things about our age is that we've got no issue in accessing information, um, which is different to what our Pious predecessors had experienced is that they had they were limited in terms of their access to information. They had to travel sometimes um you know thousands of kilometers miles in order to reach a person in order to relate the hadith from them, which is the exact same opposite of uh, our experience today where we can at the click of a button be able to access information, be able to access um, any, any sort of knowledge that we want uh, through our computers, through our phones or through whatever device that we have. And uh, the problem with, this, uh, with the ability to access information is what do we make of this information, right? Every single day I am, uh, given, I'm, I'm given information How do I understand it? How do I interpret it? What, uh, how do I interpret this information? What judgment can I make about this information? And this is where information literacy comes in. And information literacy is basically about how to think critically and make balanced judgments with regards to the information that we are provided. right, so it's not being me passive observers and just reading a message and forwarding it to another person. It's about thinking critically about it and, and asking the right questions, trying to understand what this message is actually saying. What is the source of this message? This, these sorts of questions that arise uh, from a person that's information literate, these are the sorts of things that uh, uh, one should be engaged in. And so when we look at um, our, historic, uh, our Islamic tradition, we find that our history is, is rich and is full of uh, instruction with regards to how we should um, you know uh, verify truth with regards to how we should manage knowledge and and uh, you know how do we ascertain whether a source is authentic or not and this is um, you know uh, classically it's uh, this is seen in the science of hadith ilm al hadith right or mustalah al hadith. Where the verification of knowledge is essentially what that science is about, right? How do we ascertain whether this is an actual riwayah from the the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Is what that narrator saying true? Is the narrator trustworthy or not, right? And so the scholars of hadith, you know, uh, thirteen hundred years ago, were engaged in the process of, of of being able to Uh, Verify information of engaging in the skills of information literacy to ensure what they were relating and what they were narrating was in fact genuinely from the Prophet And these and these scholars of the past they laid down some fundamental principles for us that will help us, um, you know, navigate through uh, this our age of information uh, overload or information abundance, right? Back in those days, they would go thousands of miles to narrate a hadith and they would find, for example, that uh, a narrator was untrustworthy, right? Why? Because he had lied to his own animal. And so, therefore, I'm not going to narrate this hadith from him, right? Today, we have an excess of knowledge. So, what? You know, how can we use the same principles in order to uh, navigate through this Um, this age of information abundance. Now, one of the first principles that's important for us to uh, really embody and internalize is um, trying to separate our emotions from whatever information that we have presented to us, right? We cannot discredit a claim or affirm a claim on the basis of our own emotions, right? So we have our, our minds, right, which which are able to discern between truth and falsehood right? by uh, sensing, uh, sensing the reality through uh, through the senses and by using previous information, it is able to make sense of that information. Um, but that is separate. That whole process is separate to our emotions because um, a lot of the time what can happen is that we'll make judgments and that judgment will be based on pure emotion. Right or as a reaction to something that had sparked our emotions and so we need to understand that we cannot make an informed judgment <coughs> purely based on emotion right in fact the Prophet he said لا يحكم الحاكم right he says that the judge cannot make a judgment بين الاثنين وهو غضبان right that the judge cannot make a judgment between two people when he is in a state of anger meaning that the judge if he is trying to make a sound judgment based on reason based on the evidence and the claims that are made by the two parties he's required to remove any uh any semblance of emotion right and purely base his judgment on on the facts right and so when we are making a judgment when we are ma- when we are making a judgment we need to do so um based on the facts right based on the evidence that is provided and not based on emotions so that's you know one of the the first principle principles and the second is that through the the work of the scholars we understand uh, the importance that they had on on knowledge itself right they understood from um, all of the ayat of the Quran for example the dua rabbi zidni ilma Oh Allah, please increase me in knowledge, right? We know that, for example, the Prophet ﷺ said that Man fihi ilman lahu There was a great emphasis by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or there is a great emphasis by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an and in many of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ talking about the importance of knowledge and in uh, one of the books of Usul, um, uh, Imam Haramain al-Juwaini Um, He he defines knowledge as that which uh, correlates with reality, right? So knowledge is associated and firmly fixed in reality, whereas ignorance is to imagine something and to conceive it differently from its reality, right? And so uh, Imam Haramein al-Jawaini made a very uh, important contrast for us, which is that What are the characteristics of true knowledge is that it has to be based in reality. It has to be based on fact. It has to be based on evidence. Whereas ignorance is based on something which is imaginary and something which um, um, is different to reality, right? And um, when we proceed with Uh, trying to understand or make sense of all of this information, this point is very important because there's a difference between knowledge and ignorance. How do we ascertain knowledge, which is something that that is uh, corroborated by reality, it's something that correlates, sorry, with reality, and ignorance which is something that does not uh, correlate with reality and is in fact detached from it. Um, So one of the uh, most important tools Right. One of the most important um, ideas uh, in information literacy is, the, is understanding what information authority is. Right? And information authority um, basically is to do with understanding that in all matters, there are experts. Right? People that are qualified, that have extensive training, that have years of experience behind them, and therefore they are experts in their field. Right? And so these experts are highly qualified. They're distinguished, right? They are distinguished by their, their deep knowledge of their subject area and therefore are entitled to become reference points in their specific subject area, right? So for example, if you have um, an issue with your plumbing, right? Naturally, you are going to call a plumber in order to fix it, right? Um, you wouldn't go to a a teacher right for example to fix your plumbing why because the teacher does not have expert knowledge in that field right or you wouldn't go to um a doctor for example to fix your plumbing because he doesn't have have that expert information right and so we refer to authority why because they're most they're most likely to get it right right if i call in a plumber to fix my plumbing right he is more likely to get it right than me who is a novice Right, if I have a little bit of background knowledge, it could be that I have a little bit of uh, background knowledge, DIY knowledge. I could attempt to fix the problem, but I could also make it worse. Right, I remember uh, on on one occasion, um, my father was uh, fixing uh, it's something to do with our bathroom. Right, and he drills a hole in the uh, in the wall of the bathroom. Right, it's it's novice. He doesn't. He's not a qualified plumber, and then it ends up puncturing a hole in the pipe, and it and it begins to leak, right? So, what happened there by by us thinking that we could do it ourselves, we made matters worse because we ended up having to get in a, a professional pl- uh, plumber in order to fix the problem. And likewise, as well, if we don't get um, if we don't get experts in that in that field we are likely to make mistakes, right? And this is expressed to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلِ الذِكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَتَعْلَمُونَ where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and ask the people of knowledge if in fact you don't know. And I know that this ayah itself is is, um, specifically talking about the people of knowledge in an Islamic context whereby we're asking for a religious verdict on an issue or what's the Islamic perspective on this and that but it also can be uh used as well in these other areas of knowledge right such as engineering right such as um uh you know uh, an electrician with his uh with his trade like medicine right where you have specific um experts in that field that are that are qualified to speak about that area right and so when we talk about uh, something like the uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic and and what uh, medical advice that we should seek, we should be seeking it from the experts that are actually in that field. It would be inappropriate for me to ask um, my next door neighbor. It would be inappropriate for me to ask someone that isn't uh, qualified to speak um, in this area. And um, and so this is the, the the first point, right, which is that you need to seek experts. And this also happened as well during the time of the Prophet ﷺ himself. Right? On one occasion, the Prophet ﷺ walked past a, a group of farmers and um they used to implement the practice of uh cross pollination. Um and as they were um you know farming, the Prophet ﷺ basically, you know, they asked for his advice. He said, yeah, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do what you're doing. And so they didn't they didn't do what they usually do, which is that that um, that technique of cross pollination. And um, when the harvest season came, their yield had decreased. And so the Prophet ﷺ asked, "Like, what happened?" They said, "Oh, we took your advice, and we uh, didn't do uh, that that whole uh, cross pollination thing." And the Prophet ﷺ he said to them, "Antum aglamo bi amri dunyakum." right he said that you guys are more knowledgeable in these matters right antum you are more knowledgeable in these worldly matters than i am why would you take my advice on this matter and this was the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam right the best of creation if he gives advice we would take it in another uh field um this was in the uh the precursor to the battle of badr where uh, the, the Muslims were trying to decide which position they would position themselves in. And uh, one of the companions asked, asked the Prophet, ﷺ, Do you think that we sh- which position do you think we should be in? And the Prophet ﷺ said, we, I think we should be in this position. And then the companion asked, Is this wahi? Is this revelation? Or is it harb wa maqidah? Or is it war and strategy? The Prophet ﷺ said, It's war and strategy. And then that companion said, well, perhaps it's better for us to be here, right, in this place, uh, past the wells, right? And so strategically, this companion thought that this would be a better place than the Prophet ﷺ's idea. And which position did they take? They took the, the companion's decision over the decision of the Prophet ﷺ because this companion was an expert in his field and therefore his expertise should be sought in this instance, right and likewise when we are trying to navigate through um through this whole pandemic lockdown situation do i get vaccinated do i not get vaccinated we need to be listening to the experts in that field right not novices right and if even if there may, may be for example um a, a a solitary report here right by a a, a qualified physician or a report there, right? Obviously, one of the things that uh, you know that um, that ge- that gives credence to an argument is numbers in that field, right? So the number, like if the majority, right, the majority of um, you know engineers state that okay, this is the mes- best method for building a bridge, right? We're not going to take that one solitary report that says no, no, no. Hang on a sec, you can do it with dirt and water, right? Um, Likewise, as well with uh, with things pertaining to medicine, right? We take, um, we we look at the qualified experts, like the overwhelming majority of qualified experts, to see what they have to say with regards to that matter. And so, this idea of um, referring to expertise, it's it's there in the Quran, and it happened as well during the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Another thing as well that's important when trying to discern fact from fiction is looking at source uh, reliability. Is the source, right, of the information that I'm receiving from a reliable source, right? And usually what what ends up happening is when we receive these messages, we receive them, you know, it could be from, uh, you know, people that we know very well. Um, and just, you know, by not, Uh, having a discerning mind we are just mindlessly looking at it and uh, you know assuming that what that person has sent is true right i remember just uh, a couple of weeks ago um there was a video that was sent um uh, and it was of like a helicopter a military helicopter landing in parry park i think I, i think it was right and um um this was when they were saying that the um you know the adf were going to be uh you know coming in and uh one of the things about that that video right i thought oh hang on a sec they are they really are like uh and obviously they are uh including the the, the military in um, in the current lockdown um but this video of that helicopter when you when you look at it you think okay hang on a sec this makes sense because uh, this is what i heard about on the news but when you look at the footage closely no one's wearing a mask right and had it been uh you know had it been something that was um recent everyone in that in that video would been uh, would have been wearing masks so it ha- apparently happened uh quite a while back it wasn't something that was recent but again this is to do with looking at um looking at the source now allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um uh, regarding this, he says in the Quran, Inja kumfasi kun binabain fatabayanu. Right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when a fasiq gives you news, you have to verify it. Alright. Now, uh this the Sabah Nuzul or the reason why this uh, this ayah was revealed was in um during the time of the Prophet, um the Prophet had tasked one of the companions with taking the zakat of a specific tribe. And so this companion had been sent by the Prophet ﷺ and when he went to them, he was afraid to ask because of some sort of uh, conflict that had happened prior. Right? And so when he returns back to the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ uh, asks him about the situation and he says that this tribe has apostated and has refused to give the zakat. Right, the Prophet ﷺ was infuriated by this, right, and said and sent Khalid bin Walid to see what's going on. And so, when Khalid bin Walid um, uh, investigated the issue, he saw that um, there was uh, really no—you uh, know, the, the, these people are still Muslim; they did not apostate, uh, and they were willing to comply. And so. Um, the ayah was revealed, so it shows us the importance of verifying uh, information and um, ensuring that we um, that we seek uh, cl- uh, clarification and try to get corroborating evidence. Right, and one of the ways to to clarify and evaluate information is uh, by asking some preliminary questions, such as you know who wrote or produced this content, right? Who are its sponsors? Um, is there a, an agenda behind this content? Is it accurate, complete, and current, right? And so these are some of the pre- preliminary questions that we can ask with regards to the source because uh, remember as well, just because something is um, is negating a certain claim doesn't necessarily mean that it's true, right? There also could be an agenda from another side, right? So um, for example, with a lot of the... Um, uh, you know the um anti also the covid-19 conspiracy theories a lot of a lot of the content that comes from them comes from uh you know other political factions within uh within uh, within the west right such as the the alt right for example which have their own political agenda as well so it's important for us not to sort of uh fall into that uh fall into that uh, mistake um another important thing uh, right so after we've um understood the importance of uh you know source reliability ensuring that that um everything comes from um a correct and reliable source is that it's important that um we do not spread misinformation right one of the things about or one of the the trends that is happening now with us um having all of this access at our fingertips is that we are mindlessly forwarding messages without doing the necessary work required in order to verify that this information is true. And unknowingly, what we're doing is that we are forwarding misinformation, right? And this is something which is incredibly dangerous, right? Because we do not want to have a hand in spreading falsehood spe- Spreading misinformation That could lead to someone Adopting a sp- certain position Especially like a, a, a medical position And that then leading to uh, Severe consequences Injury or death Right? And the Prophet ﷺ, He said in a famous hadith That's, that's in uh, Sahih Muslim right? The Prophet ﷺ, He says It is enough of a falsehood For someone to speak of anything he hears, right? In this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is cautioning us not to speak about everything that we hear and listen to, right? Because what everything that we hear and listen to, we're going to get some things that are true. We're going to get some things that are false. We're going to get some things that are fabricated. We're going to get some things that are uh, gossip, right? And so, it is uh, it is enough of a lie. Right, the Prophet ﷺ said, kafa bil-Mar'i Right, it is enough of a lie for a person to speak at everything that he listens to. Right, and that that applies the same to messages. Right, we don't have to, for every information we receive, we don't have to forward it. Right, we can make a decision if we assess that this information. Um, well, number one, we have to first assess that that uh, that piece of information that we've received does it uh, tick all the boxes. And if it doesn't tick all the boxes, then we refrain, right? We refrain from uh, uh, sending the message. And it's surprising to see sometimes, you know, you look on your WhatsApp and it says that this has been forwarded many times, right? Meaning that I, I don't know when that message comes up, but it must have been like thousands of times or something, right? And so um, it's important for us not to just mindlessly forward message uh, messages without thinking about it first, especially if it comes to... Um, Messages of a medical nature, right? Um, the Prophet he says, "Man minhu right? And this is a hadith in Ibn Majah, where the Prophet ﷺ he says that whoever practices medicine or gives medical advice, and he does not know anything about medicine or does not have previous knowledge of of medicine. دامن, then he is made liable he is held responsible if any injury or harm comes to that person as a result of his medical advice he is damin he is liable he is um he is to blame he is responsible for that right and there's a difference here if a person is qualified but makes a mistake he is not liable Why? right because the hadith is uh, قَبْلَ ذَلِك right meaning that he's he's uh, practiced medicine but he has no knowledge of it whereas if someone practices medicine and has knowledge of it but then makes a mistake then he's not responsible right so this is an important point for us because someone will will you know some uh, some people might say that well look at uh, you know the uh, you know look at for example, this mistake that this that this, you know, uh, that, you know, this uh, expert or doctor made with regards to how he dealt with this medical situation, right? And so they will point to the mistakes of doctors, and doctors are human beings, right? Like anyone else, they will point to the mistakes of these experts and sort of highlight them as an indication that um, their way is better, right? Or that uh, the, the expert way is not the right way. Right Now, in any field, an expert can make a mistake because they are fallible. right? But what is important to understand is that, number one, he is more likely to be correct than anyone else. Right? He is more likely to be, be correct because he has um, practical experience in the field. He has uh, sufficient knowledge in it. He has expertise in that field and is therefore qualified to make a decision. And if he exerts his effort and makes, and makes a decision and that's, uh, and that's wrong, he's, he's done his due diligence. He thought that was the correct way. Whereas the layman, right, or the, or the novice, he has no knowledge to begin with, right? He has no baseline to begin with. So how is he supposed to make a judgment in the first place, right? His judgment is going to be, uh, based on, um, you know what what his you know his his superficial knowledge of that specific area whether it be in engineering or uh, or or medicine right he can't he's not qualified uh to make a judgment in that area so it's important for us not to be um amongst those who just forward messages and forward the wrong message and that then lead to um uh, the wrong result right and so um in this social media environment, where we do see these messages being forwarded constantly, um, it's important for us to have these information literacy skills that are taught to us I- in Islam as well, um, in order to navigate through these, uh, you know, through this swath of information, right, and in order to make an informed decision. Um, and this is important especially today with the the thousands and millions of messages that we received. and we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the tawfiq and the knowledge in order to help us navigate uh through this inshallah wa salli wa sallim wa ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam jazaakum allahu khayran shaykh riyan for that wonderful
0: little discussion and and, and. Uh, some important points for us all to bear in mind, inshallah. Um, look, I think um, let's get straight into some uh, conversation on some of those points, some exploration of some of what you've said. I was um, busy taking down some notes while you were talking so I can interrogate you on some of those points. Um, look, as, an, uh, as a disclaimer at the start of this, it was never intended to be a really technical exploration of you know the details of what um, specific medical agencies are saying and so forth. So we're not getting into nitty-gritty of the technical medical side of things. That's not the purpose tonight, um, um, which I imagine you can gather from the way that this event has been uh, marketed. But nonetheless, there's still some good questions, inshallah, that have come through on our Facebook page, but also um, some people who have sent them directly to myself as the host. So I want to give some airtime to those questions and then, of course, ask some questions of my own. Um, and um, we'll have a conversation around that. So, my first my first um, discussion point or question is, you know, you mentioned having, um, you know, there's a part in your talk where you're talking about um, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed us with minds. You know, we need we need a mind and we need previous information to process thought. Um, and I just want to note that. Subhanallah, like you were mentioning that just as we have mind, we have emotions as well. We need to balance the two, right? So um, along, along with those emotions, I suppose it's this idea of having, you know, inherent subjectivities, you know, like for example, think we're talking about information literacy, right? We, we I feel like most people perceive the world and the news that they receive in this world from their own perspective. It's shaped by their upbringing, by their environment, by the way that they interact in there, and so you, your own mindset plays like almost the biggest criterion in in filtering information. So how do we, you know, how do we sort of ensure that um, we don't, you know, fall for the wrong, we don't we don't give information the wrong type of color or the wrong type of you know view it in the wrong type of lens. How do we keep our biases at bay? What would you, what would you advise in that regard?
1: Um, <clears throat> obviously, when we, you know, each individual is going to have their their worldview and perspective on how they see things, right? Um, and we acknowledge that, right? Every single person has a specific worldview, right? So whether you are a capitalist, whether you're a socialist, whether you're an atheist or a Muslim. You are going to have a specific worldview which is going to inform the way you look at things. Yep. Right? Now, um, you know, from a from an Islamic perspective, obviously we see things through the Islamic worldview, right? Which is that um, you know, ev- you know uh, everything that exists is because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Everything that we see. So for example, we see the whole COVID nineteen pandemic. Right, we see all the facts and figures and information, the data, etc. But the Islamic world view informs us of how to interpret this. We understand that all of this is by the plan of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. This is by the qadr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that all of this has happened, right? And so it's 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 important for us to see things f- through that lens, right? That. You know, we see all of this, we, we see all of what is happening around us. We understand from the Islamic worldview, this is the the tint by which I am looking at the world, that all of this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as a Muslim, I understand that with, with every phenomenon that happens in the world, it is a sign of Allah's grandeur and greatness, right? So when I look at the pandemic, there's these little bits of information that I have to verify and that I have to understand that these are, you know, that I have to try to look at objectively. And then there's like the, the bigger picture things that I sort of see through the lens of Islam, right? So I'm, I'm looking at all of these little bits of information, but that is grounded in, in my understanding that all of this comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that it's one of the greatest signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And specifically on the point of the pandemic, one of, the th- one of the ways that we should view it is that this is demonstrating to us the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That despite the advancements that mankind has made in terms of science and technology, progress, material progress, there's something that is invisible that the people can't sense, perceive and can't see that has shut down entire co- economies, shut down entire countries, right? So if our Islamic worldview helps us see this and acknowledge this, right? And this is separate from, you know, uh, uh, sing- singular bits, uh, bits of information and data, right? Um, these sorts of things, right? And each field will, will have its own, uh, you know, technical terminologies, right? That the experts within that film will be familiar with. Right, And so this is, you know, our our worldview with regards to this is separate from that technical knowledge, whereby, for example, the scientist can uh, acknowledge the nuances of uh, the atom and how it's formed and uh, the the cell and how it can mutate and that sort of thing, right? Now, a, a scientist with an atheistic worldview, he will just see that as being a... Product of matter, right? He will see that as being a product of matter, whereas uh, the mu'min, the believer, yeah, that that is grounded in the Islamic worldview, he will see that through the lens of, oh, this is Allah's creation. How amazing is it, right? And so, uh, it's important, I, I think, for us to maintain our worldview, right, when we are looking at these, uh, yani you know, these different um, phenomenon, but at the same time, we have to also separate that. From technical knowledge, right? So the tech, the 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 needy and gritty of certain uh, technical aspects, if if yeah. that makes any sense. I,
0: if I can add to that, just a just a point that's just occurred to me, and I'll feel free to um, comment on this as well. Um, I suppose we can apply that Islamic framework to the information gathering and filtering process as well. So at every juncture, it's kind of reinforcing. You know several of the points that you made earlier, is that you know you you first encounter some information, and what you should do, you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us, ahlu zikri in kuntum la So if you don't know, ask the people who do. Right at that next point when you're when you ask people and you know you're overwhelmed with information, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala still again he tells us through the Prophet Sallallahu he says, "Um to tie your camel." And then place your trust in Allah. As in, don't just be blind about pursuing one. No, no, keep asking. Make sure that you've done your part in researching and so forth, and then tie. Um, and then at the end of it is, you know, is just reliance on Allah. And that's where I suppose the framework you're talking about also comes in, where this is a sign from Allah. I've done what I've had. Everything is in my capacity to get to the bottom of this. At the end of it, I will pray my istikhara and take a decision and rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give me the best outcome. So, I think Islam does provide us with some important yardsticks to to go through that process.
1: No, agreed, um, agreed. Yep. Um So, yeah, we can only do so much uh, with regards to, and, and that's what, like the the methodology of uh, Islam of the Quran, the Prophet sallallahu It alleviates a lot of these the stress and anxiety that can happen when you don't know much about a certain field. Right. So people, people today, you talk to people at work, right. They will feel so overwhelmed by uh, the differing reports, right. That are, you know, is it, is this good? Is it not good? Right. Now, all we need to do is with this methodology is I just need to refer to the experts because I have to understand my limitations, right. As, uh, as a, as a human being, right. I am, I am in, in this field that you're speaking about, I'm a novice in it. I have no idea concerning it. Right. And so what's reassuring for me is that I can just refer to the experts. What do the overwhelming uh, majority of experts say with regards to this? What advice are they giving me? Right. And then yeah, yeah. I just, you know, uh, take that advice or you know, pray istiqara, take that advice and tawakal Allah Right. Can I also and, share uh, sorry, go, yeah, on. go on? No, no, and, and and one of the things that um yeah is 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 um is disappointing right in, in the public conversations within you know the intra muslim uh, conversations with regards to vaccines and people that take it people that don't take it is that you know there's a condemnation right of 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 both uh, both positions whereby you know uh, a group of muslims will condemn another group of muslims because they've taken the vaccine and vice versa right and all we know, we know that you know the hukum shar'i on 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 medicines is that it's mubah, right? It's something that uh, that that is permitted, right? And um, right if it's been researched, there's uh, there's medical uh, expertise behind it, then you know we should take it. That's uh,
0: I think the word that's being thrown around these days is sheeple. What is it? Sheeple. 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 <laughs> it's the cross between people and sheep. You know, blind following of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that it is, it's a pejorative term and derogatory term that's been thrown around from some Muslim circles to others and, you know, to wider society as well. It doesn't help the conversation in any way. So I think that's a a good point. Look, on that point, um, you mentioned, I was going to mention, I was going to mention a a quick story. Um, I was at the doctor's surgery once and we were talking about some issues I had with like bulging discs or something back in my heydays last year. <laughs> um, so we're having a conversation with the doctor. And, you know, something the doctor said really resonated with me. He said that, look, x-rays are there, CT scans are there, MRI scans are there for when you need them. But the idea isn't to, you know, like just rock up and say, because I can see into it, it was a really refreshing viewpoint. He was like, just because you can now see into that level of detail doesn't mean you should at every point. Like, like for example, the way I, I want to analogize this to what's happening today with the constant, you know, as I said, you've got your phones are an extension of your arm. Everyone's got updates. Gladys is keeping us all updated. <laughs> you know, I understand from a government point of view that they want to be transparent and that they have to be transparent. But I think it's more like if at any point you need to get an update, it's available, not today we've got 391 cases. Let me go and broadcast that to my, you know, my list of 200 friends and contacts and then stress about it. You know, we get emails and contacts saying, um, I was, you know, with my students today, I was having a, a class, it was a Friday class, and someone came in and said, Friday update, 391 cases, just so you all know. You know, so I think that level of, just because the technology and the ability to stay across information is there, doesn't mean that you need to obsess over it. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, um, no, so, definitely.
1: Definitely, yeah, and that's one of the problems, um, especially amongst young people, is that um, you know a lot of the source of their anxiety, and we're, we're both in education, right? We're both teachers, so we we see this on the ground, where yeah. yeah, where like um, you know these youngsters are constantly on their phones. It's probably gotten worse as well with the lockdown. Um, yeah. They're basically all day they're in front of a um, a device and they're seeing these updates. They're ruminating over it, and it's not good for their uh, for their health in general. Nah, yeah. um, no, you're absolutely um- right. You mentioned you
0: mentioned um, the point about uh, we, we spoke a little bit about biases and subjectivity. Another issue and the way you put it when you were talking about it was not having a discerning mind. You know, you come across information, you forward it. And, you know, you can call it whatever you like. You can call it laziness, not having a discerning mind, not taking the time to actually investigate and stuff. But that's also presenting some serious issues as well. Like, for example, if we talk about politics, right? If you talk about... A sophisticated um, or a complicated political situation, uh, as as for example, you know the the civil the civil unrest that has plagued Syria for the longest time. You know how that went on for for years, and it's you know it's still unresolved. It's not like something um, good has come from it. But a lot of people, in terms of understanding and breaking that down, were just like it's too complicated. I'm not going to bother. So it's kind of like that. It's like mRNA and, you know, the CDA in America and the FDA in America are saying this and, you know, Gladys is saying this and you know, it's just too overwhelming, you know, it's a lot easier to just switch off. So that point about laziness that you mentioned and not having that discerning mind really resonated with me as like, yeah, I can, I can think of a lot of people who, who have just fallen, you know, and sometimes ourselves as well, we fall to that um, approach because it's just the easier shortcut to take.
1: Yeah, um, no, like it is. That's also an important point as well. But um, especially with regards to um, uh, to following politics and uh, political events, uh, we know specifically about that. It's not something that's specific to uh, one group of technicians, right? Politics in the in the Islamic sense is different to the way the West has conceived of politics right so the West has sort of conceived politics and of as like a, as a um, as a, a field of the elites right where there's only an elite group of people that can dabble and that truly understand what politics is right whereas in Islam we understand politics differently right can Israel that the, the, the prophets would look after the affairs of Bani Israel, right? So we see this in our Islamic tradition that we understand the prophets, they were the ones that were looking after the affairs. We, we understand politics in this context where it's about not um, trying to ma- manipulate countries, governments, overthrow regimes. We understand politics from the perspective that that it's about looking after the affairs of the people, and that is our responsibility, right? The the Prophet sallallahu where, uh, where he says that um, uh, That the believers in their mutual mutual love respect uh, for one another is like one body. If one part hurts, the other parts are in slipnesses and fever. So it's incumbent upon us as Muslims to understand the reality of what's going on uh, in, in 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 that situation. We don't say, "Oh, I'm just going to refer this to uh, uh, you know uh, the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, and uh, you know its its journalists are going to report whatever information, and I'm just going to accept that uh, yeah. without." Uh, critiquing it, no. I have to understand that this is, you know, again, uh, this is coming from information literacy. I have to understand that this is coming from a source. Um, what is the enge- agenda behind it? Why is this being published at this time? Uh, who's who's authoring this, right? And so, um, this, the same sorts of questions, uh, you know, I, I ask. I ask when I'm looking at uh, political information as well. And so, um, with regards to politics, we don't we don't have that. Um, we don't have that, um, you know, belief that okay, we just leave it to the political sci- uh, scientists and they'll sort of uh, figure out our our situation. So we
0: shouldn't do that in a medical context either. I suppose is that what you're suggesting? Sorry, like we shouldn't. Therefore, we shouldn't. You know, we shouldn't be doing that in a medical context either. We shouldn't just blindly follow anything that um, is being said. We should yes. have that discerning yeah. mind.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and in, in in the medical field as well. Like we have to um you know see whether that whether you know sources of information are coming from experts or not, right? And if they're not coming from experts, then we don't take their we don't take their medical advice. Yeah. Can I
0: yeah. can I test that a little bit? Um so You can't
1: you can't test it, so
0: I wanna <laughs> <laughs> try and have a discerning mind here. So you know we talk about testing things that come from or oh, sorry, not testing, that was my word. You said I'm trying to figure out if the information is coming from experts or not. Now, sometimes that poses a bit of a, a bit of a dilemma because, you know, you talk about misinformation, but what is misinformation? You know, I feel like the mainstream um, decides that anything outside of the mainstream is misinformation. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Um, Like we find that anyone who steps out of the rhetoric of governments, news corporations, social media giants is labeled a conspiracy theorist. Um, So there has to be that balance now between what you're saying, which is listen to the medical experts, listen to, and, and at the same time, you know, making sure that you aren't inadvertently being misinformed by listening to those, to those experts. Yeah.
1: No, no, that's a, that's a, that's a very important point that you make. Right. And that's why we have to distinguish, um, between trying to understand the reality and, and, and technical knowledge. Right. Um, with reg- you're absolutely right when you say that um you know in in the in, in the current context uh, that we live in anything that is not considered to be mainstream is continu- is considered to be fringe or misinformation right um and that everything that's within this bubble or sphere is is considered to be uh, correct information um but when it comes to technical knowledge that's why we have to separate the issues right we have to separate uh, politics from what? Uh, what is sound medical advice? Right, they're, they're two separate issues, right? So when I'm when I'm looking at, um, for example, um, let, let's say for example, uh, the issue of corporations, greed, capitalism, and uh, how that is, uh, you know, uh, ruining the world, right? And you know, uh, capitalist companies such as uh, the car manufacturers, such as Ford, et cetera, uh, you know, they they also are part of the system. But at the same time, I own a Ford Falcon, and the engine's broken, right? Yes. Now, the I'm going to, you know, yes, I can see, you know, the the the, the politics uh, that led up to the manufacturing of this vehicle, right? I understand the, the the context in which this vehicle was being produced, but it's got a broken engine, so I'm going to ask. The mechanic to fix it, right? So because that mechanic has technical knowledge of it, but in, in terms of uh, the reality of how it came into being, how it was, ma- uh, how, how it was manufactured, uh, the, the history of the Ford company, and how it was part of the the the, the capitalist machine, this is uh, something separate. Uh, to that, so you're absolutely absolutely right um, in 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 mentioning in mentioning that, and I think one of the important things as well to come out of this situation is the fact that you know people have so much distrust of the government, like that's become so apparent now. Right, there is so much distrust of Western governments um, and their ability to prioritize human life. Uh, over, over profits, right? Because uh, what you know, why there is so much suspicion, um, you know, that exists today, and rightfully so, right? People are rightfully suspicious of Western governments, right, for a reason because they have a track record, right? They have a track rec- record of lying to the people. They have a track record of manipulation of. Uh, going to countries, overth- overthrowing regimes, and uh, manipulating the economy in order to uh, strategically make themselves dominant in a certain region. Right. So we know the track record of uh, of Western governments, right? Um, but that's separate to a disease that exists within Western governments and all around the globe, and how to treat th- and how to treat that. Right, this you know that's that, th- this, like I'm sick within this context. What's the medicine that I use? What medicine do I use? That's separate to what's what's happening in the um, uh, as a big picture. If that makes sense.
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Razak al um, We have a couple of questions which I would have uh, otherwise loved to take, but I think we are. Um, we have hit the hour mark, so we might uh, have to disappoint a couple of our um, viewers with um, the questions. We might, inshallah, leave Sheikh Rian if he has some time to um, answer them in the comment section or or anyone else who wants to have a look at the questions and and, uh, have a crack at answering those. Um, But we'll we'll leave it there, inshallah. (inaudible) Jazakum wa khairan once again uh, for your attendance, uh, for your um, joining us tonight. It was... uh, I hope, inshallah, it provided some insights and some uh, beneficial knowledge for us on how to navigate uh, in this age of misinformation. Barakallahu fikum, Sheikh Rian, for also uh, giving us your time tonight. Very much appreciated.
1: JazakAllah khair. Wa iyaakum. Barakallahu
0: And assalamualaikum from myself, your host for tonight, Sufyan Badal. Uh, pleasure having you tonight. And inshallah, we can uh, meet again very soon. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaykum as